It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When you look at the future of Auburn's offense, you got to feel pretty good about it. You are locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Charlie Tuesday to all who celebrate. We're joined by Auburn message board legend, Charlie Five. And I think when you look at the future of this Auburn offense, there's a lot of guys that we think are either in the process of stepping up or are going to be a part of this Hugh Freeze offense that slowly takes over over the course of the next few seasons, Charlie Five. And we saw a specific wide receiver do that, maybe start to make his ascension uh, in the in the win against Mississippi State. Oh, yeah. Caleb Burton, uh, I think it speaks a lot. I think I don't know if it's been the last three or four games where he's gotten the very first target like of each game, like they go straight to him to start off the game. And then the biggest thing that we've not been able to see from a lot of receivers is being able to get separation. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just don't ever see like I feel like we just don't ever really see our, our receivers just running wide open. And I know he he dropped the pass, but uh that there was that time where he was just by himself wide open and then he completely torched his guy so bad earlier uh, before that, that they had to grab his jersey and hold him. Otherwise, it was going to be uh, an easy touchdown. Like, he had he had completely beaten his guy. He was gone. Maybe there was a safety that could have made the play, but uh, it was uh, he had to be held. The guy saved a humongous play. And I think just the early going to him early in the game and then seeing him be able to create separation – and he's so young. I think he's yeah. only like a redshirt freshman or maybe a sophomore at the oldest. Uh, he's got a long time. Redshirt freshman, yeah. Yeah, long time left to play, and uh, I'm I'm pumped about this kid. Yeah, I've got his PFF page up here, and it says his draft eligible year is 2026. I don't think that's correct. I think it's 2025, but still, like, we've got him for a minute. Yes. And he can't transfer, right? We've talked about sure. the beauty of getting these younger, talented guys that spend one year somewhere and then they transfer, and it's like, well, you're you're stuck here until you graduate unless you want to sit out of here. So I, I think that's nice, too, especially with the the flip and the turnover that happens uh, in, in this wide receiver room this offseason that we think is going to happen, but we'll see. They use Caleb Burton a little bit differently this week, and you mentioned a few of the times when he got open, and, and 
ironically, you didn't include the his catch, right? Which was, a, I believe, on third yeah. down, but it was a, an in-breaking route, which is something that we haven't seen a whole lot of Auburn over the last decade, so that was exciting. But this game against Mississippi State, they lined him up more outside than they have in any other game. He had eight snaps at the outside wide receiver, which tells me one thing, Charlie Five, and you tell me if you think I'm reading too much into this. But I think when you look at how these wide receivers in this room have been used, they've almost forced it to some of these outside wide receivers when they felt good about the slot guy, right? They felt good about Jay Fair. They felt good yeah. about Javaris Johnson when he was healthy. And now, you know, obviously Caleb Burton, we kind of assumed he would be a slot guy. And, and this is the first time he had more snaps out wide than he did in the slot. And I think it's because they realized these are the three best wide receivers in the room. And it's like, I don't care yeah. if they're all slot guys. Let's just get them on the field. We'll figure it out down the road. And, and I love that. I love that. The fact that like, let's just get the best guys on the field. You remember a few years ago when like they couldn't figure out how to get Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz on the field at the same time because they played the same position. It's like, stop it. Put them both on the field. Put, put your best receivers on the field at the same time. And I think that's exactly what Auburn did against Mississippi State. And I mean, I think you saw more effectiveness at every level of Auburn's offense on Saturday. And that was that was one of the reasons why. Oh yeah, it works on Xbox. Why not? Uh, why not do it uh, in, in real life? That's well, right. and here's another. Here's another. Caleb Burton. He's five eleven, so he's not like a sure. miniature slot guy. You know what I mean? Like he's he's right on that borderline of I could play in and out. Um, so I, I like having that guy outside. Like I, I, I you know, you had um Jar uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. They were they were like six foot, you know, just freak athletes on the outside. And sure. I know Jarvis played a little bit everywhere, but you know, maybe he could be something. I'm not saying comparing him, but like you can you don't necessarily have to be six four on the outside to, to make it work. And 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 if 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 he can get open, he gets separation. I mean he's able to do it. So that that is to me is a is a gift. Uh, a lot more than it's 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 really hard to just teach that. That's something that's sort of like a God given ability, and he has it. And he was dinged up a little bit earlier in the year, and he's becoming yeah. healthy. And he clearly is working his tail off because Hugh almost calls him out in every single press conference totally. about how hard he's working and how hard they and they want to reward that. And and I like I I don't know I'm I'm like mega pumped about it's funny he had two catches one or two catches but I was like more one excited catch, two targets about, yeah I, I was more excited about the drop and the and the hold you know what I mean because he just runs right by people and, and gets open and I think the cat the the catches will, will obviously take care of themselves but, but yeah, yeah and I'm I mean like he got a ton of targets either right I mean nobody got a lot of targets except for like Rivaldo right. I think had four which is which is sure. great but. You know, just for the sake of um, talking about the rest of these guys, Javaris Johnson, he had 14 snaps at slot, five out wide. And so, once again, like you saw him line up a little bit. Jay Fair is a true slot guy. He played all but one snap um, in the slot. So, that, that's how he's going to be used. But, you know, Peyton Thorne asked about him. He said, you watch him more and more, and you can see that he's a skilled receiver. He's a good route runner, and he really cares about a lot. I have a ton of respect for him and just want to keep growing with him. Talking Peyton Thorne, talking about Caleb Burton. And, and I just think when you look at the future of this offense, I'm not sold Peyton's going to be the guy next year. I don't, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. He can leave if he wants to. Maybe he feels better about staying after this past week. And if they keep winning, I, I don't know. I don't know. But regardless, Caleb Burton is going to be a piece of yes. this offense moving forward because 
a lot of these dudes, like I wouldn't be shocked if they left. And a lot of these dudes are going to run out of eligibility. A lot of the, the guys who transferred in are going to be out of eligibility. Your Mardners, yep. your shorter, your hooks, like those guys are going to be out of eligibility. And then you look at it's like, okay, is Malcolm Johnson Jr. happy or is he going to leave? How's Jay Fairfield about this? I assume Jay Fairfield's good, but I, I don't know. I don't know that. Malcolm, uh, or, but Caleb Burton, he's going to, he has to stay. He yep. can't transfer. So I, I think there's some pieces part of that. There. Yeah. I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. You you have him. He'll be a redshirt sophomore next year. You pair him with your Perry Thompsons and your Bryce Canes and your Malcolm Simmons, and you you know I think you hit the portal again. And you try to get one or two older guys again, and I think you just kind of roll with what you got. And yep. I don't hate that. I don't no. hate that at the wide receiver room moving forward because we were kind of hoping one or two of these guys would step up. And uh, I think Javaris Johnson, I think Jay Fair, and I think Caleb Burton are the guys. And now they're starting to figure out how to use them on the field at the same time. I, I think it's in a good spot. Shoot, if you get if you land a Perry Thompson, uh, you know a Ryan Williams and a Cam Coleman in this class, you know somehow you may you pull that off. Sure, you may, maybe you only need one portal guy, and you know you know maybe you only need like one season guy on, on the outside that's specifically you know six two and above or whatever type guy, but um. Yeah, I, I like some of the younger pieces uh, that that we have here moving forward, um, and it's good to see them sort of stepping up a little bit. We talked about we haven't talked about him yet, but Jeremiah Cobb, like I, I'm excited to see he's so uh, versatile and like the different things he can do. And shoot, Damari, you know Damari comes back, you know first game, and he has a you know a beautiful you know. Uh, a big first down run where he, you know, makes an awesome cut. He's not necessarily worried about his body. He just goes. I mean, you got a lot of young guys that can steal that are just going to get better. I'm with you, dude. And then Connor Lou, right? Connor Lou gets oh. one start and then one SEC freshman lineman of the of the week. So I mean, you it's have weird how that. did you notice how off that he's SEC lineman of the week, but his he was like one of the lowest rated PFF grades. They must have really dinged him for when he snapped it into his um, hind end. Yeah, that, but that like Gun, Gunner Britton was co lineman of the week. Yeah, and he and, was one. He was bottom three on the team, and all, so like PFF is good for like charting things. Sure, I don't always love their grades, but I love their like charting ability, and then like pressure rate, and like what they assign like as a quarterback kit versus a hurry. I think all that's good, but overall grades yeah. like take them with a grain of salt. I sure, think. it gives some context, but it, I, I agree, it's not the it's not the whole not the whole story. Yeah, and I think it's better like season long, not game by game. So we'll uh, Connor lose a monster. Connor, yeah, because Connor Lou, Connor Lou's graded really well. I think he was the second highest on offense against Ole Miss, if I remember correctly. And so, yeah, it's like, yeah I would I would be curious to see if like an Avery Jones when he comes back if he gets you know give him a run at guard because I, I know Hugh said today Stutz was really beat up. If that's could be a possible solution moving forward, so yeah, I I, I want Connor Lou to start every game. I don't want him to ever the leave the field. I want get him oxygen. Get him, uh, you mm -hmm. know, cold towels, whatever he mm -hmm. needs, a masseuse, something right. on the sidelines to have him ready. I want him every snap. He's got to yeah. be there. Connor, will this make you happy? Okay, we'll get it for you. Yeah. We'll get it for you. <laughs> no, and I just think it's so big for the future of the program to say, like, okay, Connor Lou, our center, you know, this guy that is way ahead of schedule, you know, he's already started, you know, virtually half of a season going into yes. his true sophomore season. I think that'd be great. I think it kind of allows you to have a better plan going into 
the offseason as far as how you want to construct the offensive line? Like, do you feel good about Muskrat being a guard or a tackle? Do you feel good about Dylan Senda stepping in at one of these guard spots? Does Dylan Wade come back? I mean, once again, like starting with Connor Liu at center, like, I think I think the offensive line, talking about the future of this offense, like I think, I think there's a lot of things to be excited about with the future of this offense, which is exciting, which is exciting. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Hugh Freeze made an interesting comment. It's one of his better pressers, I think. Like he told us a lot. It was, it was fantastic. But there was something that he talked about with like plans with the quarterbacks and what he thought about Peyton's performance. And then he kind of put a little thing about Robbie in there. And I want to, I want to kind of pontificate and speculate what that could potentially mean. That's coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the best app to buy last-second tickets or tickets weeks ahead of time. Doesn't matter if it's for sports or theater or the arts. Doesn't matter what it is. Game Time has you covered. And I want to encourage you to download the Game Time app today. It's free. And when you do make an account... On the free app, use code Locked On College to get twenty dollars off that first purchase. The credits just go right into your account. Very, very easy to use. But I love it because you don't have to worry about like comparing prices. It does it for you. It also shows you what the vantage point is going to look like in your seat at the venue. It's a great app. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create that account. Redeem code locked on college, all one word for $20 off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall is the best place to buy Auburn gear. If you're watching on YouTube, this is where I bought this pullover. Uh, it's where I buy all of my Auburn swag because it's the best. And look, my favorite thing about it is you know anything you get there is going to be officially licensed. Some of y'all were looking at Charlie Five's hat earlier. You're like, what is that? A, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The logo on his head. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about that if you go to Alumni Hall. Did you buy that hat at alumnihall.com? Absolutely not. Nope, you didn't. Could have. And you could, t- nope, you couldn't have. You could not have. because I should have bought a hat from there. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be confused. Like I'm looking at myself right now. In the, in, You're like, in, what's on your head right now? I don't even that? know what that is. I don't even I know think what that is. is. This was the rejected A when they redid the logo, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing rejected about Alumni Hall. They love no. everything. They love everything. Except all. Uh, including veterans and college kids. If you go there and you tell them you're one of those things, uh, they'll give you, I think it's 10% off. They'll give you a, a discount for sure. They got three physical locations in Auburn, Opelika, and Huntsville. You can also go to alumnihall.com. All right, Charlie Five. Interesting quote from Hugh Freeze. Um, he said, it, it's time as long as, as, as I told them this week, it's time for us to put up or shut up and figure out who can run the things we want to run. He's talking about the quarterbacks here. I thought both showed signs this week in practice of improvement. He started hot and I felt good about our plan. Talking about Peyton. We had a plan for Robbie too. We just didn't ever really get to it. I thought Peyton played really well. It was good to see. That was a solid day and he took care of the ball well. And I think that's interesting, the, the note about Robbie. So I want to know, did the plan for Robbie not happen because Peyton was playing so well and Robbie was just kind of a plan B? Was he using the red zone because, like, or was he going to be using the red zone, but Auburn scored kind of from far out past the red zone. They weren't in the red zone yet in those first two touchdown passes to pass the hooks, the passage of Aris Johnson. 
Then the only time they were really in the red zone, Charlie Five, was that that drive right before the half. You couldn't really sub. You couldn't sub because they were in a hurry, and that was an incredible drive by the Auburn offense. So what do you think? Do you think it was a backup plan that wasn't needed? Do you think it was a red zone Robbie type thing that wasn't needed because those snaps didn't really happen? It was just the flow of the game. What do you think you meant by that? It's really tough. It's really tough because – yeah, part of me thinks that's. Pro- I I don't know that there was actually a Robbie package. Like I don't know that that was actually part of the plan. And the reason is earlier in the press conference, he basically says, "I told them we're running with one quarterback, and that's it." Like he he basically said that. He said, "I told them that's just the way it was going to be." You know, when he had the meetings. So mm. I don't know if that was just sort of something to. I really don't know. I really don't know. I don't know that there was a plan for Robbie to play really at all in that game. I feel like they were like, here's what we're going to do. Peyton, you want to talk about how, um, you know, you're not in a uh, situation to be successful or you never had to do this? Fine. You know what? Go out there and do it. Go out there and do it. And he, and he, he did, did it. it. I think that was he kind of it. the plan. He did it in practice. He did it. Uh, you know, Hugh said he did it in practice. And then he, obviously he did it in the game against Mississippi State. They were confident that they could control the ball with Peyton and run tempo, which is what they want to do when they don't feel like they have to necessarily super worry about the offense. At least that's the the, the opposing offense, which is mm-hmm. kind of the vibe I, I've been getting. But um, I think I kind of said something similar last week. But, but yeah, I just don't know. I, I, I think the Robbie stuff – the su- I don't want to say the Robbie stuff. I'm just going to say quarterback swapping. I think sure. that – the next three games, I don't think you're going to see a lot of that, period. I, I just don't think there's going to be much of that because I don't think that we worry about our defense being able to defend or, or hang with. We're not we're not worried about getting in a scoring a track meet, I guess. You can you can run what you want to run, and then yeah. if you have to punt, you got the defense. The defense can, can pick you up because you're not playing any juggernaut offenses, uh, and you're not going to be down 14 nothing. Uh, before you can blink, if if you have to punt on the first, you know, the first go around. So totally. uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what to take about it because he said that, but then he said earlier, um, you know, the thing about I said we're going to do it this way, and that's just how we're going to do it. So I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what to take about. Take Me either, man. I mean, it, it's just kind of the next step in this weird saga of having multiple quarterbacks and not having multiple quarterbacks because the messaging going into last week's game was expect to see both quarterbacks and while that's technically true we did see both quarterbacks the assumption was like you're going to see both of them like like have legitimate snaps and that wasn't really exactly what happened so i'll the only other the only other thing is the only other thing i'll say that may there maybe there was a, a plan for robbie and it just didn't happen maybe some credence robbie was robbie was like visibly you know, let seem visibly let down. Uh, yeah, there are a few pictures of him on the sideline that so, uh, that kind of made their way around social media. I don't know sure. if that was I, I, I'm, you know, I don't I don't know. He could have not been feeling well, whatever. But I I don't know if that had something. To, hey, I expected this, and then we didn't get this. I, maybe there's some maybe there's some connection there too. I, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't I don't either. I don't either. And I don't think we'll really know until we see, you know, what the quarterback swapping or rotation looks like against Vanderbilt. So if it's Robbie or if it's Peyton, I don't care. Just go. I don't think either one of them super duper separate themselves from the other. Peyton looked really, really good. He had an incredibly efficient day. If that's who we're going to go with, just go with it. 
Just go with it. Henceforth, there's no threat. There should be no threat from an opposing offense for at least three games. So go run mm-hmm. your tempo, your RPOs, go fast, and, and, and just light it up. And get the lead, put the game away, and then let's come home and work on the next week. So you just kind of hinted at it. Are Auburn fans too confident over the next three games? I say no. We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked on Podcast Network. Right now at FanDuel, you can get Auburn 13 and a half. Auburn minus 13 and a half if that tickles your fancy. If you think Auburn's going to go up there and blow out Vandy, you need to head over to FanDuel.com slash Locked on and, uh, and take the Tigers. Take the Tigers to cover and right now, new customers, they can get $150 back in bonus bets with uh, any winning $5 money line bet. So that's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's easy to use with spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off your sports winning. Once again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Charlie Five, final few minutes of this edition of Charlie Tuesday here on Locked On Auburn. Are Auburn fans too confident? Now over the next three games, because this this win, it's crazy what one win does, but it kind of felt it felt like medicine, man. It felt it felt so Heated good. It. Yeah. For the soul, man. For the soul. We're yelling at each other less. It's great. It's great. <laughs> but there there's a lot of folks that myself included that are looking ahead to Vanderbilt, looking ahead to Arkansas, then New Mexico State, and saying, Wow, okay, we're gonna end up where we thought we would be going into the Iron Bowl at seven and four. And there is a section of the fan base that says, hold off, they've got to win them. And while that's true, I don't think Auburn fans are being too confident. I think they should expect to win at Vandy, and I think they should expect to win at Arkansas, Charlie Five. I agree. I was kind of shocked. I was watching uh, SEC Nation or one of their their shows, and they were going through Auburn, and they were showing like the percentage chances that they'll win each game, and it was like way up there for Vandy. But it was only 43 three percent at Arkansas and I think that percentage changes big time if they lose to uh Florida this weekend which is that that puts them out of bowl eligibility if they win that game you got all you, you play Auburn at home uh you possibly could make a little rally and look I know some people hate on KJ I think Anytime he's back there, it's a threat. But I just don't think they have the. I, I, he's a threat, but I don't think they have a whole lot around him. So mm-hmm. um, you win this week, you got confidence. What kind of can we can we play well on the road? Can Peyton play well on the road? That will be a test. But I mean, I don't I don't think you should feel wrong for feeling confident over the next four. You should. We should be favored in all four all three games. We should be. We're a thirteen and a half point favorite this week. I think we'll probably be close to a touchdown next week. Uh, and then you know New Mexico State. Then you're then you're you know you're seven you're seven and four like you said, and you get Alabama at home, and they play LSU this weekend. 
you know, what's going to happen, what could happen there, uh, you know, and, and what kind of motivation are they going to have if they, if they would drop that one, you know, leading into the iron ball. So I don't think you should feel, I don't think it's wrong to feel super confident. I mean, I think you should, you should ha- be able to handle business the next three weeks. I think so. I think so. I mean, this, this season's kind of gone chalk. It really um, has. So if that's the case, then I think Auburn's going to be in a good spot. Yeah, you mentioned Arkansas and Florida. Uh, according to our friends at FanDuel, Florida is a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Arkansas. That's in Gainesville, too. And so even, even if Arkansas wins, though, I mean, I think that's a physical game. Sure. And they're traveling. I mean, that's a tough place to play. I don't care what state of the program you know Florida is at right now. It's just tough to win in Gainesville. But I know yeah, I saw there's there's something else. Pittman's Pittman's buyout. If he has a sub 500 season, I think like reduces in half. So if he loses this weekend, that guarantees that he's going to have a sub 500 season. So you could see a co- a coaching ouster. Like you could see, they could pull the. You know they could pull the trigger right there on Pittman after after this game because that would if they lose because that would guarantee then that would guarantee a sub five hundred year. It's cheaper to get rid of him. Then you go to Arkansas with you know possibly no head coach. So there, a lot could happen. But I, I, even if they win, I still feel like you should be able to handle business over the next over the next three weeks. Me too. And there's been several people that have kind of said, "Hey, they've changed their offensive coordinator. Their offense could get better." It was an internal hire, and you can't really change who you are at this point of the season. Yeah. Their offensive line's not going to magically get better. Their defensive line's not going to magically get better, and that's where a lot of their issues are in the trenches. So, K.J. Jefferson's still very good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this is a guy that was voted you know, preseason you know, QB1 at SEC Media Days for a reason. He certainly deserved that, but I, I just don't see that changing. And as far as Vanderbilt goes... You know, a lot of Auburn fans have echoed what Hugh Freeze said at his presser yesterday about how he's always kind of had trouble playing there for whatever reason. I just, I don't know, a team that can run the ball as well as Auburn can. I'm just not, I'm just not buying it. Yeah, no, I, I just like when I was in high school, we were playing the team that hadn't won a game in like three years, and our coach had us feeling like we were going to lose. Like they got, hey, you go, you get up here and you. But they'll they'll beat you, and it's like, okay, no, we won't. But I get, I, I respect you, I respect, I respect that. And then you go rattle off, and you score five straight touchdowns. So it's like, I mean, I get it, I get it. Um, yeah. But well, you got to get up there and handle business. Charlie Five, how can people check out everything you've got going on? Absolutely, find me on Twitter at the underscore Charlie underscore Five and the Locked On Auburn message board every single day, or AuburnLive.com, the corner message board. Yes, and you can find all my written work at Auburn Daily. And we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.